Hi, I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. All right, we're going to do something a little different. Wow. As soon as she started talking about the offering, oil started manifesting. I want you to put your hands out in front of you. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to, it's going to sound funny, I want you to reevaluate what you just gave. Because it had nothing to do with a dollar. It had nothing to do with a place. It had to do with a response. I want you to picture yourself as the offering right now. The fullness of who you are and who he called you to be. Just begin to tell him, I give myself to you, Lord. With your mouth, I give myself to you, Lord. I give myself as an offering. I think we sometimes, because we know that when we give, that he blesses, I think we sometimes think of the offering as a loan. And we give it expecting that we're going to get a return. When if we, were, if we were able to release ourselves from that and just say, I give, like I give, I, I no longer have, it's fully yours. So God, I give my life to you. It's no longer mine. I'm not, res- I'm not expecting something in return for myself. I'm expecting you to have full control and ownership of this life. Wow. Jesus. I can't even open my, my hands are too oily. Hold on. You know, you're making this difficult. (laughs) My iPad's not working because like, there we go. All right, we're good. How y'all doing? Oh, I don't want to wipe this off. I just... Oh, Jesus. Wow. Whoo. Father, we just release the oil of your promise over this room right now. God, the oil of your presence just to go through this room. I actually feel like people are going to begin to have manifestations of his presence, tangible manifestations of his oil. If this is new to you, you've never heard or seen of this, just jump on in. Our culture doubts first, requires proof And then we might believe. Father, I just released the perfect truth of who you are in this room right now. We release the oil of your presence in this room right now. Wow. Thank you, Father. All right. You guys can be seated. We'll see what's going to happen this morning. Mm. I love how God lines things up. At the end of worship, Joaquin got up and he talked about Moses in the burning bush. And I thought, he's going to steal my message. Lately, I've been reading, in the last few weeks, I've been going back to places in the word 
that were encounter and revelation moments over the last 20 years. Those, those times when I read something and it didn't just impact me because it was like, wow, that's amazing. It impacted me because something in me changed. So I've been going back and reading different areas of scripture that, that I just felt like, God, this was a pivotal moment in my life where you did something in me that changed me. And just recently I was reading the burning bush. I've had so much revelation come out of that. We could spend hours going down different rabbit trails of his goodness and revelation in there. But one of the things I, I, I really felt was, and this message is really around the true identity found in God. Our true identity found in God. And I think about who I am at times and and I measure myself based on my experiences, all these other things, sometimes forgetting that my identity is truly found in him. And what he says is perfect. What I'm experiencing may not line up with it in the moment, but it's because I'm working towards the goal. And I just want to read this really quick, because how many of you know who Moses is in the Bible? This would be a good idea to find out who's reading their Bible, or at least watching fun cartoons. All right. If you've ever watched VeggieTales, you should have an idea. How many of you know that one of the main things people seem to remember about Moses is that he wasn't a good speaker, so Aaron had to speak on behalf of him? How many of you have heard that? Okay. Exodus 4.10. He's at the burning bush. God's telling him he's going to go back into Egypt to free the Israel. Free Israel. Moses said to the Lord, pardon so Moses said of himself, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. You guys have heard that? It's amazing to me that you read later in Acts where it says, at that time Moses was born, he was no ordinary child. For three months he was cared for by his family. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. See, Moses did what a lot of us do when we're charged to do something great for God. We define ourselves based on our perception of ourselves. And often it's based on what we do or how well we're performing. It's our success or what we're doing with our lives in the moment. Sometimes it's what we've done in our past. We a lot of times look at all of our failures or misses and it prevents us from seeing who we are in God. And the big one is we often measure ourselves by how others see us and how others speak to us. It's the comparison and it's the, and the opinion of others. See, we can't lower the standard or the truth of what the scripture says to line up with our experience or comfort level. We cannot measure the scripture based on our experience. We have to measure our experience based on the scripture. Our lives should be changed by the word of God. The word of God should not be measured by our lives. I don't want to go towards a perfect thing and try to think I can only achieve it through a life that's not perfect. <clears throat> See, like Moses, heavenly identity can give you authority, favor, and influence beyond your current circumstance or position in life. And I would honestly say that oftentimes when you begin to realize who you are, your circumstances and your position in life have to change. We don't become culturally relevant when we become like the culture but rather than when we model what the culture is actually hungering to become. Yeah. 
We do not become culturally relevant when we become like the culture, but rather when we model what the culture is hungering to become. See, the truth of who God is and what he says is always going to be true. And even when people do not know God and do not recognize that they're after those truths, they are. There's something inherently wired inside of us to know truth. And if we don't know the source, if we don't know Jesus, if we don't know God, we're going to find a comparison or we're going to find something that looks similar to what he's put inside of us. We will always strive to fulfill what he's put in front of us. His promises don't change. If we don't know how to achieve them through him, we'll find another way to do it. The awareness of our identity will actually create an awareness of God for other people. When you become aware of God and who you are in God, people begin to see who God is. Man, it's sliding. (laughs) When you're trying to figure out who you are, I had somebody say this to me early on, in my faith, which I thought was funny. They said, are you searching for your identity in a treasure chest or a trash can? (laughs) Don't try to figure out who you are in a place that God isn't. See, and I, I remember... I've, I've, I've actually repeated that because sometimes you hear a really good word and you're like, I'm, I'm filing that one away as one I'm going to use. And I've asked people that. And a lot of, because, you know, how many of you, not anyone in this room, but how many of you know someone <laughs> that's living in worldly circumstances because they're trying to impact the world? Yeah. They're, they're actually becoming of the world more than in it. Well, I just go to the bars because, you know, Jesus went to the bar. I'm just hanging out with sinners because Jesus hung. I've got to hang out with sinners. Yeah, but you don't have to sin with them. See, Jesus spent time with sinners, but it wasn't to blend into their world and to get down on their level. It was to bring them to truth and reveal who he was. See, his message never changed. His location did. If you can change your location without changing the message of God inside of you, then go. If you can't, then don't. You know, I, I remember growing up, I was raised in a, in a Catholic home, in a Catholic environment. And I learned so many amazing foundations of faith. I, I thank God for my Catholic upbringing. And for circumstances that are a little funny, I got kicked out of being an altar boy at the age of nine. I just heard someone say, no surprise. Hmm. All right, all right. Life circumstances had it. I got put into martial arts by my mom. And back then, the priest used to do corporal punishment. And he went to do something. And I had just learned a block punch combination. You guys filled in the blanks. That's good. So I was no longer able to be an altar boy. And, um, you know, at nine years old, that there's something in me just, truth was being put inside of me, but the vessel it was coming through and my maturity and where I was, it just wasn't me. So at nine years old, and this sounds crazy, but at nine years old, I started seeking Because it was very evident that there is a supernatural God. Now, if you're not in the faith that we believe there's a supernatural presence, being, aura, amoeba, whatever, there's something out there that's bigger than us. But the other thing that I 
did learn in that Catholic church was that God is love. Not he's a God of love. God is love. So at nine years old, when I left that, I started seeking out, going with friends, checking out different places and things, mostly Christian churches in the early years. And I was looking for one of two things. I was looking for love and power, supernatural life and love, authentic love. And I will tell you that over the years, I found a lot of counterfeits because the counterfeit of love is acceptance. And the counterfeit of power is performance. And I would find a place where it's like they love, they truly love, and they performed a lot, but there was no supernatural God evident. And then I went into things, not just Christian religions. I sought things. I sought love and power. And I thought, if I'm not finding it in a church, I'm going to find it in some other weird stuff. Eastern religions, all kinds of stuff. Martial arts got me going a lot of fun paths during that time. But so I found a lot of power. Like, okay, there is some supernatural, beyond normal comprehension things going on. But there's no love here. I'm accepted, but I'm not truly loved. And one of the errors I found in my way is that I was going to a place with a bunch of people to find something that can only be found in him. I was looking for who I was in him, but I was trying to find it with a whole lot of you. And you are extremely important, and hear me, I'm not saying that people in our lives aren't key, valuable, and placed by God. But finding my identity had to be with him and him alone. And when I finally encountered the truth of love and power in Jesus, everything changed. I did not have an incredible, I was doing horrible in life and God saved me moment. I actually looked at my life and thought, about everything I want, I have. I'm enjoying my life. There was something missing in my heart. Just that, you know, it was that little thing that I didn't want to become aware of because I enjoyed everything else. But I actually lived a wonderful life. I thought it was great. I was doing everything I wanted to. Most of it didn't line up with the purity that he called me to. But I was living a life and I wasn't looking for anything else. But he found me. And when he found me, he showed me who I was. And the funny thing is, is that little thing that was missing, I realized that was most of who I was. That little thing that was missing was actually the fullness of who I was to become, but it was covered by all of these things. Love and power is found in Jesus. One of the first places in the Bible that God took me, like I said, I've been reflecting back on life-changing scriptural moments in my life. Somebody had me read... Romans 8. And there's so much there. But I love this part, Romans 8, 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. I was going into all creation trying to find him. Not realizing that all of creation was waiting for me to find me. Because when I find out who I am... All of creation celebrates. It's eagerly awaiting you to find out who you are. Also in Romans 8, the spirit groans on your behalf. Jesus is prayerfully, he's praying for you. The son, the spirit and all of creation are waiting for you to figure out who you are. Because at that point, God's glorified. You guys okay? Yeah. When you become aware of who you really are, you won't position yourself to get into heaven you'll understand that heaven has positioned itself to get into you. When you become aware of who you really are, 
you won't position yourself to get into heaven. You'll realize that heaven has positioned itself to get into you. Heaven is waiting to fully embrace you, fill you, work in you, through you, around you, be fulfilled by you, become glorified from you. That happens when you know who you are. You've been put in this time and this day. No one here is an accident. You weren't born in the wrong time. Oh, I want to go a few ways. I better watch myself. What does your life represent? Just think these things. Are you impacting this time and this day by bringing glory to God with your life? What nature of God does the world experience through your life? Romans 8.16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That one was harder to wrap around, my head to wrap around, than salvation. Because him as a savior felt good. Me having the same inheritance as him. All of a sudden I started to see how unworthy I was compared to him. I began to measure my life against his and created the idea that I'm disqualified. How can I be a co-heir to Christ? The one who died for me. The son of God, God himself. How can I be a co-heir to Christ? Because my father told me I could. If you don't believe that you're a child of God, then all of the gifts and inheritances that were promised become something that you have to earn. And that creates a lie that you can actually be disqualified and you don't deserve it. How many of you, if you're honest, think you deserve everything that God's promised you? Yeah, that, it's a hard one. I have, I have hours and minutes at times like, oh yeah, of course. And then I'm awake the other rest of the time and then I did... It's hard to actually say it. Ooh, I want to give a testimony. So, how many of you understand that you are perfect in Christ? Now, how many of you would love walking around and go, I'm perfect? I see a hand in the back and I know the guy. We'll have a meeting later. Because that's the response. No, you're not. There's freedom when you can actually speak the truth of your identity, not being afraid of what the world's going to condemn you on. I'm perfect in Christ. I'm a son of God. I'm a co-heir to Christ. Now, anybody that knows me would be like, well, we've got a list. We need to learn how to kick the devil's butt. How many of you want to kick the devil's butt? Now, this is what I mean by that. God says you're perfect. The devil says, but. God says you're worth it. The devil says, but. He reminds you of things to disqualify you. Kick that thing out of your life. Remember what God says, not what he says. Galatians 4. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of Christ. You're not a slave. See, we sometimes hear these words like surrender, be obedient, 
give yourself. And we categorize those as slave words, not son words. If you would just change the lens you look through, the ears you hear through, when you're told to surrender, it's not surrendering as a slave, it's surrendering as a son. It's saying that everything I know about myself, I'm surrendering because you know who I am perfectly. When I say I'm going to be obedient to God, it doesn't mean that I'm I'm doing it because he's my boss and I have to do what he says. It's because I'm a son and in the joy of my relationship, I respond to his word. Change the lens you hear and see from when it comes to who you are. You begin to read scripture differently. I actually had a challenge for somebody once. I said, read through, and I had a bunch of scriptures listed. I said, read through all these scriptures where it talks about fire. The fire of God. And we read them, and a lot of times we read them with, like he brings the fire of God to burn away things, and it's all this condemnation, destruction, and it's the purification. It's all of these hard things to change. Why don't you change that word where it says fire to love? The love of God brought transformation. When you change the perception that you hear and read from, you're going to actually understand your identity in Christ more accurately. If your identity is finding what you do, then you'll always have more to achieve and have to do more to find your value. You will have a fear of failure and resist to try things. If your identity is finding what people think or say, then you'll always try to please people to find your value. It creates a majority rule-based life, and eventually you lose your voice. If your identity is found in your past, then you'll always be working towards truth and victory rather than from truth and victory. Our identity should be defined by the word of God and how our Father sees us. Proverbs 23, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You have to believe what he says about you. If you believe it, it becomes evident in your life. If you believe you're worthless, it's hard to worship a God who thought you were worth dying for. And if it's true that the value of something is measured by what someone will pay for it, we may need to rethink our value. Because God thought we were worth his son dying for. Don't measure your value by what your peers or what the mirror sometimes is even looking at or saying about you. Measure your value by the price that was paid for you. And who says you're priceless? I cannot allow myself to think about me in a way that he doesn't think about me. First Peter, but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are king, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Your identity has purpose to bring glory to God. You bring glory to God by being who you are. The enemy is always going to come to make you doubt your identity. One of my favorite areas of scripture and one of the things that just shook me when I, when, when I read it and when God spoke to me on it is the story of Jesus when he got baptized and led into the wilderness. Matthew three seventeen, and this is Jesus got baptized. He comes out of the water. Heaven opens up and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Everybody knows that verse, right? The very next verse, I love this that, Oh, God will never tempt you. He won't tempt you, but he'll lead you to temptation. And he's going to lead you there. Why? So you can find out who you are. 
The next verse, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I remember when I first read that, I was mad. I'm like, couldn't we have taken a shortcut? Can't you just tell me the truth? Can't you just put the truth in me? The beautiful thing about God is he's given us free will and he lets us choose. That in itself is proof that we're not slaves. I don't want to be a robot. I don't want to just do what he's moving and making me do. I want a relationship with my father. I need to know who I am and I need to be tempted to affirm and solidify my identity so that I can bring glory to him. It goes on to say in Matthew 4, after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's funny, the enemy will come and try to get you to become your source. Forsaking your identity in him by making you become the source. Then the devil took him to a holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Said, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to a test. The enemy will come to make you test God and he'll do it with scripture. The devil used scripture to tempt Jesus to lose his identity and tempt God. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the, God, the Lord your God and serve him only. The thing that I found amazing is how many of you have read or heard or somebody's told you about that verse and that passage? Wow, only a few of you. Do you want me to read it again? We can get all the hands up. Everybody should have raised their hand because I just read it. So <laughs> that was kind of a rhetorical question, just seeing if you're awake and alive. It's good. The thing that God pointed out to me in that scripture when, I, when he brought this impact to me was not the things I mentioned. Those almost seem pretty easy to understand. What the enemy is going to do is he's going to try to get your identity focused on something rather than how you're seen. Because what happened when he was baptized and came out of the water? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. All three times that the enemy tempted him, he said, if you're the son of God, he left out the word loved. Why? Because the devil hates that we're loved and he's not. The reality of our identity is that we are loved. It's not that we are something. It's that we are loved. That is the truth of our identity. Because when you look at that, it's like, oh, well then, okay, I won't provide for myself. I'll trust him. Awesome. Okay, I won't tempt him by asking for things, and I won't use scripture to defile others. Got it. Okay, I won't worship the devil. I'll only worship God. I can do all those things and still not have the revelation that I'm loved. When I begin to see that I'm loved is when the world begins to see he's love. Because if you present God in those ways that Jesus was tempted, they're going to see a source, they're going to see don't tempt, and they're going to see that he's the one. But they're not going to know quite who they are because their identity is found in his love. You need to not only be a representation of who God is to people, but you need to show them who they are in him. They are loved. He is love. We are loved. 
The enemy can do nothing but challenge our identity. Our response should never be in reaction to the voice of the enemy. But instead, the promise of God says we are and the love that he has for us. We must understand and walk in the one thing that the enemy hates to admit and hates that he doesn't have. We are loved. When we know we're loved, we know our identity. When I first got saved and gave my life, I found love and I found power. I missed something. Because of my personal life circumstances, I missed the Father. I found a holy, separated, all-powerful, saving, comforting God. I could list about a million other things that he was for me. But I forgot to see he was my father and that he loved me as a son. And when that revelation came, it became unshakable. Because the reality is that I would say most people I've seen that are on fire for God and fall away have missed out on their loved son or daughter. Because they lean into all of the attributes of God, but miss who they are in the process. And in 24 years now of walking with Christ, I have moments where I need to refresh my memory on I'm loved. Because life happens. How many of you know life happens? There's other bumper stickers, but we'll stay with life happens. And when life happens, sometimes you forget how loved you are. Because it seems like the world is against me. Things aren't going right. Oh, I failed again. Da-da-da. You can go down the list of every excuse to try to dissuade you from hearing the murmuring of the enemy saying, you're not really loved. I have to tell myself I'm loved. I'm a loved son and daughter. I'm not a loved son and daughter. I'm a love son. I'm trying to do this for you and through me. There we go. Okay, let's talk about gender. Um, you have to know you're loved. Just made me, Joaquin, that just made me think of Nebraska. Joaquin took me on a trip with the Chad Deadman. We were in Nebraska. How many of you have ever seen the Princess Diaries? Wow, more of you raised your hand for the Princess Diary than who knew scripture. Wow, okay. So funny. I don't usually use the Princess Diaries because it's an old enough movie that a lot of people don't have that reference, but a lot of you seem to, more than the Bible. So let's go there. Quick summary of this, in The Princess Diaries, it's about this kind of quirky little girl, doesn't know who she is. She finds out that she's actually a princess from uh, a family on an island, and she's a princess to this island. She's son of the king. And then it begins this process. She, she becomes aware of her identity, and she becomes a princess through the movie. Like, you see her transform into her identity as a princess. I always ask people, when did she actually become a princess? She always was one. Her awareness of who she was actually brought her into the fullness of her identity. The funny part is, I remember he got me up, I'm sharing about that, and I'm trying to say it from the point of the movie, and I'm like, I'm a princess! And I said it like six times, realizing that they were streaming. And... Chad Deadman sitting on the front row and I get down Joaquin's like that was awesome and Chad's like you're a princess I'm like what and then it clicked what I said and I thought oh oh no 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 all right sorry I digress the reality of that is that all of you are sons and daughters you're all royalty it didn't happen when you got saved. 
God didn't love you and you become who you were designed to be the moment you said yes to him. You've always been. He's always loved you. Your identity has always been perfect in his eyes. We're on a journey to get to that, the fullness of it. We're walking our lives out to become the fullness of who he says we are. But who he says we are doesn't change. We've been created with purpose and he's loved us from the moment he thought of us. Some of you need to hear that. Some of you need to experience that. Some of you don't believe it. And you need to. So what I want to do, wow, we even have time. Sorry, whoever has to take care of this. This is a vulnerable spot right now. But if you aren't fully aware of how much he loves you, if that's an area that you struggle, that it's like, God, I know you're God, but I didn't know I was loved the way that crazy man on stage said I was loved. Because the reality is that if everyone in here says that you fully know that you're loved that much, a lot of you just aren't being honest with yourselves in this moment. But if you know that that's something you're like, God, I don't know the fullness of your love for me. I actually don't know how perfect I am in your sight. I want you to go ahead and stand up. Let's go ahead and get Joaquin, Renee, Lindsay, Tim, come on up. That's what I want to do. We're going to have just some time where we're going to just speak truth over you. We're going to prophesy over you. Not everyone. We're not going to get to everyone. We're just going to follow what God's saying. And it may not just be the ones that are standing. I'm trusting God to just lead us the way we're supposed to go. But I want you to stay standing because there's something about standing in truth. It doesn't mean that you have to get a hold of it. You have to understand it, that you have to receive it. But there is a level of truth that is sitting in the room right now about the love of God on your life. And as you just stand in that place, stand in the truth of his love for you and who you are, it'll begin to saturate you. I actually had this visual of a sponge, a dry sponge just being placed in this shallow water. And if I just dip it in there, It'll have symbols of truth on it, but if I let it sit there, it'll soak all of it up, and it'll take time, but it'll get fully saturated with the truth of what's in there. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So funny. I know, I know some of the people standing, and I always used to wrestle with, is it easier to prophesy over the people you do know or don't know? but I'm just going to trust God right now. Anderson. Wow. This is the word because I just got emotional saying your name. The Father. You, You represent the Father because you know your sonship. And you've actually been called to provide fatherhood for the fatherless. And it's not just something that stirs you up. It's the call of God on your life. The success you walk in, the relationships you have are all to fulfill the promise that God's put in you that you're going to be a father. And I actually feel like he's saying you're a father to the nations, which means you're going to have nations that will say your name as a father figure. My words for Anderson, too. Can you put your hand on your heart, Anderson? And um, during worship, I didn't, I didn't know how Eddie's message was going to, to flow, but during worship, I looked over at you, and I just heard the Father saying, you're the man. 
you're the man, but not not the hype, like you're the but identity from the father to you, his son, saying you're the man that you're that he's created. You're becoming just like the 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 princess stepping into her royal identity. You're becoming the man that God has called you and created you to be. And you are in this beautiful process of of blooming and blossoming into the man that God has called you to be. And that identity is what's going to launch everything that that Eddie has uh, just spoken over you. So uh, the Father declares over you that you are the man. Yeah, We just bless you with that in Jesus' name. So good. My word is not for Anderson, but I love you, and you're awesome. I actually have a word for you, Anna. Um, when I was um, just in worship earlier, I was reading and I got this scripture in Second Chronicles twenty seventeen, and it says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Ju- Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And I just felt like the Lord said that you've been trying to fight some battles on your own. And you've been trying to go after some things in your life with your own strength. And I feel like he just wants to reassure you that all you need to do is be still and rest in the salvation of God and see him fight on your behalf. And so I feel like he's even beginning to restructure some of the prayers that you've been praying and some of the things that you've been going after. And it's going to be more from a place of rest than it is from crying out. And from that, like seeking and desperation, which is so good sometimes, and we need to be there in some places. When I feel like the Lord said, there is this new season coming upon you where you're going to be fighting from a place of rest. And he's going to be going to war on your behalf. And you're going to be knowing that. And you know, we, we sing that song about worship, like, this is my weapon. And I just felt like even in this season, like, that is your weapon of warfare. Like, going before the Lord and just worshiping and finding that place of connection with Him, like, thoughts are going to begin to change in your mind. The way that you think about yourself is going to be, like, restructured through the weapon of worship. And so, Lord, I just pray that over you. We thank you, Jesus, that you go to war on our behalf. Lord, I thank you for Anna, and I thank you, God, that her battles are won because she rests in the salvation of the Lord. So we thank you for your covering, your protection, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Real quick, what I want to do is, everyone that's standing, just put your hand on your heart. And I'm saying this as a father in this house, but I'm also saying it because I feel like these words are not my words. These words are the father. I love you. And some of you need to hear it. I love you. I love you. I adore you. You make me happy. I'm not disappointed. You're not wrong. You're mine. I love you. And I feel like some of you will respond to this. You don't have to respond in a physical way, but it'll something will change in your hearts right now. God's calling you out of those places that you're looking for him that he's not. It's time to open a treasure chest and put the lid on the trash can. It's time to quit going somewhere to find him. Get into the word of God. Spend time with him. I really feel that's really specific for a few of you, that it is time to stop searching outwardly for who he is. And when you find him, you'll see who you are. Father, I just bless every person that's standing. I bless that place of vulnerability and saying, God, I don't want to be separated. I don't want to feel distance. I don't want to not know the fullness of your love. I just bless each person that's standing right now to have an encounter with the tangible love of God. 
the fresh, full love of God. In Jesus' name, amen. What I want to do is I, I, we're not done. So if you have to go, we do release you. If you have children in the childcare, please go pick up your children, but bring them back in. We're not done. We're going to keep praying for people. I do want to invite our ministry teams up. If I can have a few of them on this side and a few of them over here on this side. If you have prayer for something specific, you can't come up. But let's not make this a place of talking. We actually want to continue to minister. God is still speaking right now. So we're going to stay in this place. If you do need to get your children and you need to go, we do bless you. But stay in this place and we're going to continue to pray for you. Um, the girl in the blue here, what's your name? Jackie? Jackie? <clears throat> I just see bread and a spread of food all around you. I felt the verse, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they're blessed and they will be, because they will be filled. And I feel like there's such a hunger on you, but I want you to know that God is inviting you to just open the pantry, to just open the fridge. It's like when you go home and you know what you have access to. And so I want to encourage you that God has the food prepared for you. And I just see you sitting at the table with him in the presence of your enemies and feasting with him on the food that he's provided that you did not have to strive for. And I actually had a word for the gentleman right next to you. What's your name? Dustin, I, I felt like the Lord said that resources flow from you um, and that uh, he's given you uh, a heart, a mind, and a spirit like Joseph. Um, I don't know if you do business or entrepreneur stuff, but um, there's, there's gold in your dreams. And, um, and I, just, I just feel like God is proud of the way you've, you've stewarded yourself, uh, your heart, um, your mind, and your pursuit of him. And so I just bless you in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah, I had, do you have another one? The girl in the pink, yep. you were standing. What's your name? Carson. I felt like uh, this is a funny picture, but um, you were on a playground with Jesus. <laughs> That's a good place to be. Um, and you were a child, like you were a little girl, little Carson. And I feel like Jesus today is restoring parts of your heart that um, have been forgotten, parts of your heart that were broken, um, that need restoration. Um, and I, I have a scripture and then a uh, portion of a song that popped into my head for you. Um, the scripture is Zephaniah 3.17, and it says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves he will take great delight in you. He delights in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. And then this, the uh, song that popped into my head was by James Bay. It's called um, Let It Go, Not From Frozen. Um, but he says, so come on, let it go. Just let it be. Why don't you be you and I'll be me? Everything that's broke, leave it to the breeze. Why don't you be you and I'll be me? And so there's an invitation for you today to just come to Jesus as you are and to let him be him to you and just let you be you to him. And so we just bless you, Carson. Yeah. It's one of her favorite songs. Come on. <laughs> that's awesome. Listen, again, the ministry team is up here, so we realize that at this point, if people need to go, but you want prayer before you, before you go, they're up here. You can just do that while we, while we continue to go. We're just going to do a couple more, and then we'll, then we'll be done. Um, but the gentleman, large gentleman, the shaved head, uh, you got the black button up. Here, what's your name? Yes, with the phone. Richard. Richard, I just see a, a crown of sonship on your head, and I see uh, deep connection and intimacy with the Father, and you have, you have uh, access to the throne of grace, 
and you hear clearly in that place, and God is giving you treasures to give away to others. And so I see, the perf- I see a relational prophetic release. It's not these big, grand words. Like, it's just like you have the right word in the right season for people. So I bless you with that, Richard, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And the last one for me, there's the, the young lady, a, a couple, you have the baby, you have a green top. What's your name? Lindsay? Lindsay and Eric. Lindsay, I, I, uh, I see an expanding heart in you, and I feel like that you've been asking the Lord uh, for more and asking the Lord to help you as you grow. And I, and I know you have a baby, but I, I see your, your platform expanding. You're like, God, how do I do all of this well? And he's like, I'm with you to help you and to grow you. And it's going to be even more sweet and more beautiful and more intimate than you know. And he says, look for him in the little things because he's going to show up with sweet kisses and surprises for you in the little things. And I see you actually like reading story at bedtime and encountering the Lord. I see you like changing changing diapers and encountering the Lord. But you've been asking, and he wants you to know that he's been hearing uh, your heart's desire. He's going to meet you in that place. For this family, this family of four here, you're in the white. What's your name? Dottie. Dottie. It's actually, if you can, are you all together? Earlier in worship, I just saw... um, the glory of the Lord fill your home. And it actually, I saw it in a forest with a lot of tall, dark trees. And your family, the way that you live your life, I feel like you've been praying for prodigals or you've been praying for family members or you've been praying for whoever it is and you're not sure if your life is shining bright enough for them to see who God really is. But I'm declaring right now that the answer is yes. And that where, just the way that you live your life, the way that you've been interceding, the way that you've been loving each other is a sign and a wonder to the people that you've been praying for. So I just bless everyone that you've been calling back to the Father and believing that they're coming. Come on. I, I have a word, but I actually don't know who it's for. But I just, I felt like there was someone in the middle of... Um, like contracts, like legal contracts at the moment. And I'm not sure if it was a business owner who's acquiring a new business or, um, I I don't know what it is. I just heard, I just kept hearing, read the fine print, read the fine print, read the fine print. And usually I'm like, yes, go for it. But I just, I just kind of said it might, it, it might, it might be yes, but just proceed with caution and read the fine print. And I think there's going to be something hidden in there that needs to be figured out before, documents assigned. I don't know what, who that is for or what that is for, but go for it, Tim. Um, this Jason and Diana, um, I've, is that for you? That one? Oh, okay. I don't know if contract, I know you work with contracts. I felt like, um, God, I feel like God's saying you guys have been breaking yourselves and give like bread and giving yourselves away to people. But today God is breaking himself and he's giving himself to you. Um, and so, Lord, we just thank you for resource and abundance. Um, and I feel like it's not how you think it's going to come. The Lord is going to bless you in dreams and emotionally, physically, spiritually, like he's coming to touch every area. And so we bless that. Um, the couple, uh, you have your arm around him with the cool shirt. Um, this is quick, but I felt like I saw you guys doing like a powerful dance. Um, like you guys were like going crazy in dance. Um, and when the world sees you dance, they think you're out of your mind. Um, but when they get to know you, they understand who it's for. And so I just want to bless you and say, keep dancing, keep, keep just going to the rhythm, uh, of Jesus in, in your, in your life because you're doing a good job. Um, and then lastly for you, uh, I felt like I had the scripture, Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. Um, And in James, it talks about receiving the crown of life when you have persevered. And so I just bless you with perseverance. And Jesus says today, I am clothing her. It's not her choice. I'm doing it. And so I just bless you with that. 
I just really quickly want to tag on to that, Desiree. I just felt like the Lord is saying, like, what you left behind, you're going to get a reap, like, you're going to be reaped, reaping? Is that the right word? Reaping, <laughs> like, tenfold what you left behind. And I know you've recently moved to Austin, but specifically around community and friends and the, the support network that you left behind, I just felt like the Lord said, there is greater promise in this place because this is your promised land. And he's going to beginning to, to position people around you and community around you. And even moms, like spiritual moms around you, who are going to come alongside of you and who are going to be able to lift you up and all of the things that you've been asking for the Lord and you feel like you've been missing out because of your natural mom. I feel like the Lord is just going to be just giving you not just one, but two, but three, but four of these women who are just going to come around you and pour into you and love you and take you further than you ever thought was possible. So we just bless you for your obedience, even when you didn't understand. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just one quick word for the lady who's sitting here. You've got a little girl on your lap. You're in the white. Yeah. Permission to take the deep things of God and bring them out of yourself and speak them out. I feel like you have had some deep, deep things and you want more and that's good. And so I feel like God's giving you so much more insight in this season, but I feel like it's unto something. Like people need to know what he's been showing you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.